The future will be great, but today is just as incroyable. It's time for you guys to meet Nissan's most advanced lineup. If you can't get enough adrenaline, there's the all-new 400-horsepower Nissan Z. Or for all those crazy off-road adventures, check out the all-terrain Nissan Frontier. If you like to take road trips in a spontaneous manner, hop in the Nissan Pathfinder. And for something a little more electric, there's the stylish Nissan Aria. Sorry. Let's enjoy the ride. 2023 Aria and Z not yet available for purchase. Expected availability this spring for 2023 Z and this fall for 2023 Aria. All right, them jeans. You ready to fucking podcast, bro? I'm ready to podcast, man. Let's go. Uh, what is it? Thursday. It's noon. I want to talk about something more important, and that's your broken heart. Uh, <laughs> since since um, uh, today, breaking news, Rihanna had her baby with another man. Yeah, I think that didn't that happen like last week? No, she literally had the baby today. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I guess you hear the the public lay people are hearing about the pregnancy no, okay. but I, the I real see. rihanna fans knew that i think it maybe was on friday i don't remember so you think they did a little they did a delayed a release uh of of the information to the to the greater public in the ap newswire is what you're saying you know that kind of information could be a harm to the general public they the size of their brain might not be able to okay. handle that in a way that is healthy for them or the other people around them no i'm, I'm just saying this because i think i saw there was like a viral tweet going around from like a nurse that worked Jesus Christ. In, in the hospital. It allegedly, ain't safe. it ain't safe out here. You can't even some fucking nurse with like press on nails and an iPhone is breaking news. This is just, you know, my mom is a nurse, Jason, not a nurse with an iPhone. As you know, my mom is. A I nurse. have never seen one of those. And she used to tell me stories about like, oh, yeah, there would be other nurses that would be lit as fuck all weekend and just come in for their shift and hook themselves up to the IV. And just like okay. pump themselves full of fluids to make sure they could get through the job. Okay, okay, that's reminding me a little bit of uh, last episode's cops of TikTok kind of kind of vibe. We got nurse, mm-hmm. we got we got turnt nurses of TikTok. But I mean, it, it, well, it's like when you think about your teachers in high school being like twenty five, and you're like, oh, you were you're mean to me because you're hungover from coke. Like I know what <laughs> I I, well, I that, know that, that, that really escalated. I was I thought you were going to go more like when you're a kid, you're like. This 22-year-old first grade teacher, she's like a real, a grown-up adult, you know? Like, no, no. And then, you, about, and then you become 23, and then she's not. You're talking about straight to cocaine addiction. I'm talking about a 24-year-old that is in charge of your children. Going through dope-sick withdrawals. Out, out at the pub, you know, <laughs> downing fucking pints, doing coke, maybe a little molly on a weeknight, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That's the person responsible for your child's education. And, and I will say they're underpaid, and that's maybe why they're drinking <laughs> And using drugs so that's something to think about biden oh interesting mm-hmm. angle Chris. that's right i like that and also but uh, you know the problem is in this day and age parents are just happy to have the teachers not fucking their kids you know what i mean that's that's just considered a dub a to point. them i mean there's some there's some parents like the kind of parent you're going to be you're definitely the kind of parent who gets your son a prostitute at 17 that's definitely your vibe if you have a nerdy child uh Will I hire my 17-year-old <laughs> uh, non-binary child a sex worker, Chris, is what they're called now? I'm sorry. You're right. Uh, the answer is a, is a resounding yes. Is that better or worse than fucking a teacher uh, Pacey on Dawson's Creek style? Um, it's much better. Especially, you know, By the time my child is old enough to fornicate with, uh, with a partner, I think sex work will be so 
destigmatize that it'll it'll That's be true. old hat and you're you're kind of hoping for uh, a a child that will swing both ways because I think a male a male sex worker may cost less than a female. You know what I mean? Oh, I see. Okay, so, so it's just like if Once you again. if you if, you're, if if little if if little baby Billy TJ <laughs> can swing both ways, it would be nice if you swung on the cheaper side for That's tonight. Right. Okay, so you're because okay. in the dystopian future where my child is old enough to fuck. Clearly, times will be tough. You think it's tough with the baby formula now, oh brother? Yeah, that's right. I, I'm I'm glad that your cheapness shines through, even it comes to the sexual intercourse of your child. <laughs> um, but you know what I mean. I I, uh, I I I don't know, man. I don't know. It's up to you. It's up to you. It's your kid. You know what I'm saying? You you do your thing. Yeah, um, and I'm gonna. That's what I'm gonna do. Okay. <laughs> I I love. How did we get? How did we get here? I don't recall. I don't recall either. Doesn't matter. We did have a uh, we did have a nice meal last night on beautiful Fairfax. You know it from the Rip and Dip and Dolls Kill store, but it also has food there. I don't know if you knew that. Well, it before before Dolls Kill planted their uh, planted their flag on Fairfax. There were actually a lot of restaurants there that were kind of scared mm-hmm. away by. You know the the streetwear community, the Richard Milley robberies, and the Dave's Hot Chicken mm-hmm. uh, diaspora. I actually mm-hmm. saw for the first time ever. You know, you know they always talk about firefighters being like hunky hot young men who are in shape. You yeah, know? I've we seen, see it all I've the seen, time. I've seen Bruce Weber photos. Yeah, continue. You've seen Bruce Weber photos. You've seen the Long Island episode of Sex in the City where they go to the firemen's calendar fundraiser event of course those guys not maybe they're a little more brawny but i saw my first gaggle of portly firemen today or last night when it was odd to see them in los angeles it's such a such a vain old town i talk about this all the time i see cops and firefighters at creation because they must get a discount and it's very weird to watch like you know, body cam wearing racist enjoying an acai bowl. It's a very strange. You, you don't sensation. like seeing the boys in blue. Um, no, no, paying an extra two fifty for the ashwagandha scoop. <laughs> no, exactly, dude. Exactly. I do not. You want-, want them to walk in and be like, "Oh, what this? Oh, this is gay. I'm out of here." Exactly. I want them to hate it, and I don't think they're even coming there to ogle at women. I think they truly enjoy like a blue smoothie and a gluten free <laughs> banana bread. Back, the, crazy. back the blue smoothie is what it is. Back the. Blue- they're like, I love algae, unicorn dust, blue, blue smoothies matter. <laughs> blue smoothies matter. They open their when, they, when Sun Life finally says the thing. Yeah, what, is, what do they say? You said the thing out loud. I don't remember what it was. They got the well. The, they, Sun Life does have a Bible verse posted in the in the store, so you kind of know where their heads at. When, if you look past the Retina graffiti and the Chanel surfboard. <laughs> There is kind of a John 316 style <laughs> graphic on the wall. Yeah, you taking notes, Chick-fil-A? <laughs> let's say let's say the quiet part loud. That's yeah, what we that's need. What Jason. That's, that's what, what, what we that's what right, need. Right. We need these we need these fucking food purveyors to let us know where they stand. I'm tired of the whispering. I'm tired of the the closed door meetings among CEOs, CFOs. Yeah, I'm glad you brought this up because the Raising Cane's Burbank location was supposed to be open uh, April 26th, and I just think it's funny <laughs> that it's May 19th and we're still getting pushback dates. So yeah, 
a little transparency in that world would be nice. I, I, it's, it's, I'm sick and tired of these fucking restaurants not telling their customers what's really going on. I don't mean about the food. I don't care where the food comes from. We can't use supply chain issues as an excuse anymore. No, no. I need to know your religious beliefs. I need to know your political donations. I need mm-hmm. to know <laughs> where your kids go to school. You know, I don't care about where the chicken's sourced. That's, it tastes good. We're fine. Uh, well, speaking of chicken, back to my point of seeing. I'm sorry. I'm uh, sorry. A, no, no, no. Great transition. No need to apologize. Of seeing a husky tub, you know we see we see fat ass cops all the time, right? All the time. I saw some some fat firemen, and and they were on Fairfax. Fat the fat firemen of Fairfax. Nice. I guess you know nice. we, we know where the the fire truck pulls into the restaurant or the supermarket, and they take up like eleven lanes or eleven parking spots, and all the firemen go in there because they're they're always on call. They were all at Dave's Hot Chicken loading up. So all the all the fat firemen eat at Dave's hot chicken. Do you think they're asking for extra bread? Like, what do you think the order? I don't know. Yeah, then they're they're blaming it on carbo loading because they need all the energy. But it's like, mm, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we could be pulling more cats out of that tree, fellas. That's I was about to say. If I see a house burning, the, the idea of being fat and a firefighter or a police officer is so counterintuitive to what the job is. Much like baseball players, where you do have to run, even though it's 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 not a huge part of the job. But I see those guys that, you know, Yum Yum Donuts is offering a signing bonus, <laughs> like you said last night. So let's give these guys a, a second chance. You know, if you get, <laughs> if you're a police officer and you kind of, you know, you get your, your gun and badge taken away for some, some stuff you don't want to really talk about, you know? Okay. Yum Yum. Okay. Come on, come on down to Yum Yum. Uh, we're not, you know, the, the Stacey Chief is not dancing all in the videos. Oh my we'll God. <laughs> Oh my god! We'll, we're like we we'll will you- we will ironically look the other way at your criminal record. Yeah, yeah. We we think it's just funny that mm-hmm. you have a criminal record, and you're still able to say, "Do you want a tiger tail with that?" They're they're just no they're problem. simply fans of irony over there at Yum Yums. I I, I wonder That's- that because we've talked to so many restaurateurs in the last month or so who are kind of you know complaining, rightfully so, about how hard it is to find employees labor is all fucked up it doesn't you know every restaurant it doesn't matter and every restaurant is offering signing bonuses to people who are not executive c-suite employees like dishwashers and and up and i wonder like if you work at a yum yums yum yum is a regional donut shop here in america for our croatian and uh, argentine <laughs> listeners it's it's about as shitty as a, a donut as you could get how much is this signing bonus really going to be? As a per- look, I've never been offered a fucking signing bonus. It's pretty nice. Imagine Neither being have a, I. Imagine being an hourly worker and getting offered a, a signing bonus. That's a, it doesn't matter how much it is. It's a, it's it's a great way to lure We're, people. It's a workers market. Big up to all the workers unless you're a union member. Uh we do have a guest today uh Jason on the podcast. Um mm-hmm. and I'm sure he spent some time on Fairfax. Michael Sebastian is the editor in chief of uh Esquire. Um He's done some other stuff, I'm sure. He's got a beautiful he's got a beautiful head of hair. It's a little annoying, if I'm being honest with you, just kinda of taking a look at him right now. Okay. We'll uh, we'll get into that. He's got he's got a head of hair that you just want to tug on, huh, Chris? That's I do want to give it a little tuggy. Make sure it's real. I don't know if this guy's been going to fucking Istanbul, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you never know. I thought you were going a different way when you said you want to give him a little tuggy. Uh no, Jason, I would never talk like that on this podcast. I don't like to mm-hmm. um I don't like to I'm more You don't work blue. I like to bait. I don't like to go all the way mm-hmm. when it comes mm-hmm. to tugging. That's going to get you in, in trouble one of these days, young man. Uh, that's right. And hopefully it gets it, it goes straight to the bank. At a certain point, <laughs> the community is going 
going to get plum fed up. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sure they are. They're, they have other stuff to worry about. Thank God, like Sean Mendez coming out. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Well, let's give let's give uh, Big Mike uh, a jingle and see which uh, pomade he uses. See which pomade. And I, his name reminds me of a member of In Excess for some reason. Yeah, very cool name. It's a very cool like two first names if your last name is like European. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's doing something in the '80s, and it's very artistic. <laughs> Let's give him a zoom. You know, I'm the editor in chief of this podcast, Michael. So you kind of know what comes with the territory. Exactly. You just given just loading work on people. He keeps the ship all hanging together while also doing nothing at the same time, like an editor in chief <laughs> of the magazine. You know what I'm talking about, Michael? I know exactly what you're talking about, uh, Chris. I feel like we have like friends in common, by the way. Oh, I bet we do. I bet we do. Corey Wilson. Shout out to Cor- shout out to Corey Wilson. Corey Wilson's why How Long Gone will be appearing at the Tribeca Film Festival June thirteenth. Get those tickets now. Oh yes, uh, <laughs> Corey, you're my new favorite guy. Thank you. Nice. And as Corey, if you're listening, if you could move Tribeca Film Festival to a different part of time of the year next year, just you know, it's busy travel season. The hotel's a little steep. Yeah, Jason's <laughs> Jason's upset about the hotel prices in New York. It's it's like he's never never gone in the summer. You know what I mean? Where do you guys stay? Where do you guys stay when you come to New York? Oh, that's fun. I, I stay in the apartment that I pay for. Um, and Jason stays at the public hotel usually if he, if it's available to him. Mm-hmm. He likes to kind of, he, he likes to be in the mix. You know what I mean? I'm a mixy girl. Michael gets it. I get you. I get you. <laughs> if you want to try and beat the location, I implore you. What is your, what is your preferred? New- I mean, I know you live in New York, but what's your preferred New York hotel if, if, if budget's not an issue? Chris, I don't live in New York. I live in New Jersey. God damn it. Okay. Uh, even cooler. Yeah. The Glendale of New York. Welcome <laughs> home, brother. It is. The, I've heard you guys say the Glendale of New York. In fact, I just, I just bought a house in New Jersey. Oh, my man. Yeah. Okay. One question. Uh, is it pool or tennis court or pool slash tennis court? A uh, pool, tennis court, you name it, pond. It's all there. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. And and I have I have an immigrant's love of New Jersey. I, I have like I have taken to it. I'm like I'm an I have an evang- a New Jersey evangelist. You're loving it in only a way that an immigrant could. Is that what you want to what we want to say, Michael? <laughs> no, not, what I'm saying. not what I'm saying. To be clear, uh, what I'm saying is I have embraced it in the way that you know mm-hmm. somebody who comes to America and might love America and embrace it. I've embraced New Jersey. Okay, you are you're bear hugging the Capicola. Yes, is what you're doing. I've heard I've heard people say this about New Jersey, and I I have said before, and I'm on record is is saying that New Jersey does get a bad rap. Like I think it's a pretty when I've been there, it's been quite nice. It's it's beautiful. It's green. It's leafy, much like Jason's uh, Glendale. I'm sure the streets are wide, like Beverly Hills. Uh, yeah, it seems like the only downside to New Jersey is it's not New York. Yeah, I mean, I guess. Yeah, you know, I think like I love working in New York. I love coming into Manhattan and like working. Mm-hmm. But you know what I also love? Like leaving New York and going mm-hmm. home and like sitting in my backyard and I don't know, looking at the trees. Sure, there's wildlife. There's foxes. There's wild turkeys where we live. It's great. Damn, bro. And it's only a quick. 45 minutes from lower Manhattan? The train ride is 25 minutes. Oh, door to shit. door, never more than an hour. You really do sound like Jason right now, except it took him an hour to do his real, real returns in West Hollywood last night. So he's a little salty today. That's but false. That's-, that's false. <laughs> Thanks to a friend of the podcast, it was a very quick uh, transaction. Just the traffic. You know how it goes. No, that's what I mean. 25 minutes door to door in New Jersey to the offices. I mean, that's that's a tough. That's, that's a, remarkable. Th- yeah, that's a tough thing to argue. To escape all the roaches and rats of Manhattan, you see a, you see a rat on the, when you're sitting on the on the porch with your glass of sweet tea. You just pull out the old 22 and bing, 
right. Borrow one from a neighbor, and I'm good to go. Borrow one from a neighbor. Nice detail. <laughs> uh, that is nice. Now, do you? So, do you drive as well, or is it a train only? A little bit of both. I drove today, uh, but uh, sometimes I sometimes I take the train. Sometimes I drive. You know, whatever I'm feeling. Maybe a little. Do we snap snap on the spandex on Friday, casual Fridays, and do a little cycling to work? I do not. I'm not a cyclist. I'm afraid to say. Um, you know, mm. I have bikes. All right, Chris. Chris, I owe you twenty. You're not old enough. That's right. You got five more years. You oh know yeah, I mean? usually. I, know. I can tell you're in good shape. You know what I mean. But once once you get a little ankle thing, you know what I mean. You're gonna have to buy the ten thousand dollar bike. You're gonna have to strap <laughs> on the pot normal studios and kind of get out there with the rest of these guys. It's all the stuff that you have to buy. Like I hate the idea of like buying all of this stuff before you even get into it. You know, I like the idea like when you start like, like a hobby, you know what I mean? It's like... That's how I feel about golf. Yeah, yeah. I, there's actually a lot of golf courses around us. I don't golf, but I feel like I want to join a, a like a country club just to hang out at the country. Just have a place to hang out, you know? That's right. I love hanging mm-hmm. out. Do, you have kids, right? I have two kids. I've got two daughters who are six and three. Yeah, you need a place to take them to hang out. You know what I mean? That's That's like you can... I feel like... At a certain age, you can just kind of send them to the pool, you know what I mean, while daddy, yeah, exactly. while daddy's at the bar inside, you know what I mean? This is exactly the vibe that I'm going for right now. Did you envision yourself being a New Jersey person, or did this creep up on you? This crept up on me. So we we were those, my wife and I were the, like the, the, the families that moved out of the city during the pandemic. Oh, you're part, of the, you're part of the problem, like Fauci. I see what's going on here. Oh, yeah, no, no, we're definitely, we failed, man. And also, like you, Chris, you did move across the country to I, Yeah, I mean... I I moved to Hollywood because it was calling me. It wasn't because I was trying to escape anything. Dude, same thing I mean? with New Jersey. It was calling me. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, money calling. We lived on the west side. I would walk out my apartment door every day and look at that, like, the promised land across the river. <laughs> that's exactly wow. yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> you, you, you're in the wrong business. we got to get you in the advertising game. <laughs> <laughs> what, what actually happened, so we had, in August of 2020, we had a terrible fire in our apartment. So like oh, shit. middle of the night, two o'clock in the morning, we wake up, smoke, smoke alarms blaring. The, the apartment is full of smoke. We mm, go, we, like, we grab our kids and we like dummies go to the front door without thinking. And we open the front door and there's flames in the hallway. And, like, oh, like, shit. Really? Jesus, dude. So you had to escape the fire. We, well, we had to go at the fire escape. So like we're literally like it's like. The middle of the night. I thought those were. I thought those were just for smoking cigarettes. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know you could actually use them. I've only used them for real, real photo shoots. <laughs> I know they're not just for smoking cigarettes. How high? How high up were you? We're on the fourth floor. We're on the fourth floor. Okay, so it's manageable, but still scary. Still scary. Yeah, exactly. So like half the building was destroyed. Thankfully, the the flames Jesus. never got into our apartment, but all of our stuff smelled like garbage fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we spent three weeks living in a hotel uh, in the city, like multiple hotels in the city, and then instead we couldn't get back into our apartment, so we were like, Fuck it. Let's leave and go yeah. to New Jersey. I have to say this might be the best reason I've ever heard. <laughs> you you literally got smoked out of Manhattan. <laughs> you did. We got smoked out of Manhattan. I don't think I'm the most calm under pressure guy. That's not really how I would define myself. Did you did you find yourself in like dad mode and you just were did like daddy go into daddy mode? I know exactly what to do right now. Like did you just know what to do or was it panic? I felt like so until very recently, I've lived in an apartment my like entire adult life. So, you know, for yeah. like 20 some 20 plus years, I've been living in an apartment. Right. And I honestly feel like I have been preparing for that moment in my head <laughs> for all that time because you live in an apartment. You're like, think about all the times a fire could start. Right. Like all the people that you're yeah. sharing this space with, like leave the stove on, microwave something stupid, fall asleep with a cigarette in their hand. And yeah. so when this happened, 
it was like, I, I guess I'll say at the end of it, I was like, okay, like it happened. I'm good now. Like I, like I finally, this thing I've been preparing for in my head for 20 years happened. I will say that my wife was the one who actually like had it more together than I did though. Mm-hmm. Like I, she woke me up and like, I was just sort of like standing there like, well, I, what do we yeah. do? And she was like, get the kids, grab some shit. Let's go to the fire escape. So like without her, I, it wouldn't yeah. have, it wouldn't have worked. Cause I just feel like I don't, I mean, I think we all instinctively know what to do in that moment, but doing it is a very different thing. You know what I mean? Yes. Doing it, doing it yeah. is a very different thing. So Michael, when you, when you lit this fire, were you working alone <laughs> or was this like a, like how premeditated was this? You know, it's funny. It does, it does sound as if you, a little Italian lightning, as they say. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's funny that you say that. I mean, I don't like, look, I don't know. I guess we have to move to New Jersey now. <laughs> I don't know if New York fire inspectors listen to this show, but I guess. Yeah, yeah. You know, we probably have some. We have some. We probably have some inspectors listening to this, but I don't know if we have any insurance guys. Yeah, look, I didn't put all of the kindling by the garbage can, <laughs> but when I see an opportunity, I take it. Okay, that's right. No, that's that's just good business, man. That's just a kind of yeah, a good right, way to of a, a good of way course. to approach yeah, life. I mean, insurance paid for us to move, so I'm no dummy. That's right. That's that's really <laughs> fucking. That's fucking crazy though, because I I my apartment is in the East Village, and there was a big fire there in one of our friends' buildings, like pretty recently. I'd never been that close to one. I'd never seen it like in my neighbor. Like I'm like, oh, I look across the street and see that every day, and it was fucking totally burned out. Yeah, New York is a scary place, you know, because you're you're um you're kind of uh you're bound to others, not by choice. Yes, yeah, like jail, like yeah, very similar to jail. Honestly, though, it is. It's like your neighbors are freaks. Everybody's a fucking freak. You don't know what's going on in these places. How are you taking to L.A.? Chris. I mean, it's the greatest, most boring city in the world. There's nothing to do, <laughs> nothing to do, but it's so nice. And like, you know, it, it, it's the produce is good, I guess. It's not, it, you know, there's no downside to L.A. That's like if you're able to leave and go yeah. experience culture somewhere, then it's totally fine. Um, whenever I like, you know, I, I am out there, I don't know, maybe once a month, once every other month, something like that. Okay. I always have this experience. Maybe this, maybe everybody from elsewhere is like this. When I first land in, in LA, I always, I'm like, I don't get, it. I still don't get it. Like it's like, it seems alien to me mm-hmm. and it's just, it's, it's kind of, I don't know, strange, but like after a couple of days, you're like, oh, okay, I'm starting to get it. Like, you know, I can yeah. see people like start to settle here. You get, you go to enterprise, rent a car on the shuttle. You get your yellow Mustang. You know what I mean? Give them a 20, tell them to keep it up front at the tower. I mean, what's not to like? Wait, how did you know I always get a yellow Mustang? Because I just, you look like a yellow Mustang guy. And they're, you know, if the Camaro is not available, what are you going to do? Yeah. When in Rome. When in Rome. I, I mean, I always came here to hang out with my friends mostly. And there was like work stuff, but it was mostly to hang out with, I mean, Jason, honestly, and, and a, a handful of other people. And I just think that that makes, like any place, I guess, it makes it a little more palatable. I, I think that like it can feel a little, um, a little strange if you're like, you got to have a fixer. You got to have a fixer. You got to, you know, you got to go Californication mode. <laughs> so let's talk about this Liam Gallagher chat that you got to have. Oh, hell yes. Yes. Let's do it. Did you, was this in person or a phoner? This was a phoner, man. I, let me tell you, I wish it had been in person, but no, it was a phoner. I would have flown in for that, but that's just me. I mean, you know, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to, I don't know what the budgets are like over there, but I would have flown in. Sorry, sorry to interrupt, but here's the thing though. So yes, I didn't get to meet him in person, but I also have Liam Gallagher's phone number in my phone right yeah, now. Yeah, that's actually, that's very cool. You're right. That's so, a like, good point. I could text him. I mean, I could text him right now from us if you wanted to. I mean, he would certainly be like, who the fuck is this? Why are you doing this? What do you think he has your name saved as in his phone, Michael? Uh, I don't know, like some American dipshit or something. Like Esquire that. knob. 
Esquire knob. Yeah, Esquire knob is probably it. Yeah, that's right. Esquire, yeah, fanboy. I don't know. Sorry, guys. I don't. I, sorry, guys. My guess is he didn't save it. That's just my guess. I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe he did. That's no shot at you, Michael. That's just I'm just guessing. You know that he's probably. He actually has you saved as Superhead in his phone. Just, <laughs> but in that article, he mentions that like no real rock stars have a stylus. If you if you're not able to dress yourself in your own sense and identity, then you know hang up the hang up the heels you shouldn't be here anyway how do you feel about that i thought that was fantastic as he was saying that i was like this 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 is everything this is why i'm talking to liam gallagher right now yes he said i mean i think he actually went on and on about that i kind of had to trim it but he was basically like if you if you can't dress yourself you might as well throw yourself out the window you might as well kill yourself is what he kept saying (laughs) that Um, sounds about right i mean i i agree with him I, i agree with him for musicians more than for actors like actors are purely vessels they don't know what the fuck's going on like yeah those guys those guys are on a they, they have to they have to do different stuff musicians i, I feel like it's more all encompassing the the lifestyle the look it's a little more it, when you're an actor little- and you dress yourself well it's like uh it's a nice surprise no one yeah. ever expected you to do it even if you just put your socks on all by yourself they're like oh good job good job leo nice nice that you put the new cargo shorts on they fit but good. i agree i mean unfortunately there's so many talented people out there who you know are are just not cool enough to have their own sense of style and dress themselves Who's to blame? Roblox? He just wears like long shorts and Stone Island jackets now and talks shit is the best part about this. Like, it's not like he's really going fucking crazy out there. You know what I mean? He's literally, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it feels authentic to him because he paved the the road. Yeah. Like, we pa- we paved the road. He's also 50 plus years old. So it's like, it's fine. He, he earned his right to be a cozy boy. Yeah, he did, though. He earned his right. I mean, the pictures of him, I'm sure you've seen these, like the Daily Mail photos of him, like, jogging in the park by his house. And he's, like, kind of thick, and he's wearing, like, a windbreaker, and you know he's just fucking sucking wind. Like, there's no way. (laughs) This guy's running a 15-minute kilometer, you know? Like, there's no way. There's no no way. But it's like he's getting the exercise, and he's but he's also, like, talking shit about himself exercising. Oh, yeah. And it's like... Okay, I mean, I guess I, I guess I back all of that, but the the fit the fits are diabolical sometimes. But I think when you have the track record that he has, we're, we give you a leash. You know, we give you room to play. Yeah, I mean, he you know he told this great story about uh, the the Nebworth show, uh, and I think this part hit the cutting room floor. Like, so you know, they did the, the like the iconic the Nebworth shows. What we it, went to mm-hmm. the Jason and I went to the screening of the documentary together at the theater in Glendale, where we we were yes, very familiar. Yeah. Um, so during that, so, you know, the, the second night of the show, he's wearing this amazing sweater. I don't know if you can remember the sweater that he's wearing. And I, I, I asked him about that sweater because it seemed a little off from what he often wears too, which would be like a track jacket or something like that. You know what I mean? Or a parka. Yeah. And he said it was, uh, his girlfriend's sweater at the time. And that basically what happened was he forgot that they were doing two nights at Nebworth. So he only packed for one night. Man, Liam, you absolute bell end. <laughs> Coke is so cool. I forgot we were playing for 125,000 people two nights in a row. I don't have a fit. I don't have I don't have a jacket right, for exactly. this. Exactly. And he didn't want to wear the same thing two nights in a row and he liked what he liked the sweater that his girlfriend was wearing and he was like let me try that on. And he thought it looked great. So he, he went with it. I mean, look, that's the that's the power of being able to swag out and pull something off. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I don't know if I would have the confidence, even if I had 125,000 people screaming my name. Such a simpler time back then, because now, like, if that were to happen nowadays, like, it's very 
uh, believable that like Justin Bieber would forget that he had a show that day. But if if you need, if he didn't have a look for it, he would just like snap his fingers and you know eleven thousand different looks would appear in his hotel room yeah. instantly. But back then, it's like. We don't really know what to do. You know? <laughs> yeah, we're the the Umbro store is too the far. The Umbro store is a, <laughs> a helicopter ride away, so I don't know what we're gonna do here. <laughs> you're on your own tour, when you're like in Toronto, like you just were, how much are you thinking about what you're wearing on stage? Great question, Michael. Great question. Jason ha- has taken to wearing uh, a suit on stage, which I really? yeah, dude, I love that. It looks great. It looks great on him, and I think it's it. It does simplify things, you know, in a, in a nice way because he... One less thing to think about. Exactly. Before shows, Jason is like writing notes and kind of has like a set list. So I think he's like pretty focused on that. Mm-hmm. I'm usually entertaining the guest and enjoying some bottled water, you know, kind of backstage. <laughs> no, I mean, Chris yeah. Chris does all of his jobs as well and his work as well. But mine, mine requires a different type of focus. And, I, and also Chris's wardrobe... He has a lot more um, great formal outfits to pull from. <laughs> so, like this week, for example, I've like almost every single day this week, I'm going to a dinner at like a nice restaurant or someone's birthday or something like that. And I'm like, damn, I don't, I, it's like hard work to put together like six formal looks that mm-hmm. are all unique, no outfit recycling because it's all the same people. Like, it's nice to just say, fuck it, I'm going to wear a suit, I'm going to look great, I'm going to feel comfortable. And you don't have to worry about it. I couldn't agree more. Now, I know that this is like basically like sort of, I don't know, cliche for the guy, the editor of Esquire to say this, but I love to wear a suit. Mm-hmm. Classic fucking Esquire. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> These people, they're all the same. Yeah, exactly. I know. I know. I know that sounds like cliche at this point, but it's because of the ease that you're talking about, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Morning, like, it's like, okay, I don't have to necessarily think about it. I'm just going to grab this suit and put it on. Yeah. I think that we've been taught that suits are uncomfortable like that's how it's sold to us like even on tv like the dad come home from work and he like takes a suit off like he's been in a in a straight jacket all day you know what i mean (laughs) and and, you know al bundy takes his tie off and he's he's really having a tough time yeah but i think that like if it fit if it fits properly it it doesn't feel like that you know what i mean it's it's it should feel easy and i like that i think it's great for jason and i am actually interested he's gotten me reinvigorated to kind of adopt something similar Mm. uh Mm. especially because in la at night the weather is kind of perfect for a suit because the jacket is light yeah and it's and you look good and it's you know it's the jacket selection is tough you know it's tough i i only have so many you know suede chore coats i i can't you know i can't i can't recycle these things over and over but i do think that I, I don't think about it that hard. Maybe I should think about it harder. But I, I do. Jason surprised me with that, and he's stuck to it. And I think it's good for him. It's all. It's also good because it's it's one look that everyone is always happy to see. Like no one. Like I have a lot of outfits that are quite questionable, or like I just wear it to be like irreverent and amuse myself. You know, like wearing Yeezys or some other weird shit. And like you have to be in the mood to dress like that. Like to have a little bit of a little stinker spirit to you. And as a Virgo, I don't always feel that way. I don't know if you can understand that, Michael. But when you're wearing the suit, you just don't think about it. You're just like, I know that every time I put this on, I'm going to walk out and everyone's going to be like, oh, looking good. Yeah. yeah. And that I don't always hear that, if you can believe it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe it. <laughs> 
Listen to this podcast some more. Chris says it all the time. Uh, but how much of it has to do with the fact that uh, we're both in our 40s? Chris, are you in your 40s? Chris is inching towards 40. Uh, we're oh, looking at a right. September I, launch for my 40s. <laughs> um, so, we're, yeah, we're, it's right around the corner. I'll keep you posted on some of the, some of the stuff going on for that. But uh, mm-hmm. I think it, it feels more appropriate. Jason, I mean, it's Jason. You, you tell me. It feels more appropriate at this age than it does at 25, you know what I mean, to, to wear it. Like, it would feel yeah, a little costume, costumey at, at 25. Much uh, much like kind of a, an allegory for turning 40 in general, it's it, like once you finally hit this age where you're like, oh, my life is over and it sucks, <laughs> the best years are behind me, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera, that's sort of negated by the fact that you really stop caring about so much shit that it is like a very freeing experience that people talk about having i don't know if you experienced that michael uh stop caring about shit yeah i mean i guess i don't know 40s feel like your 40s feel kind of intense i don't know if you felt that jason uh nothing in my life is intense sweetheart so the answer is no i was about to say michael i think i I don't want to i don't want to diminish jason but i think you have a little more responsibility in your life than he does (laughs) yeah that's my my guess i think maybe less uh maybe less it's um you stop caring about things in general and you start caring less about what other people think about how you look yes. and what you do and what you say. And you kind of realize it like everyone in the world, especially people younger than you are all fucking idiots and whatever they have to say doesn't matter. <laughs> and then eventually you turn 60 and you start flatulating in public and it goes too far. <laughs> because there's a line for everything. Yeah, there's a line for yeah, everything. Yeah, I mean, I, I suppose. I suppose there's a lot of truth to that. I mean, I think uh, when I said that, like, like it's more intense, though, is like even, even if you don't have a lot of responsibility, it's still like the decisions that you're making about your body even, I feel like in your 40s, like, mm. they, they begin to add up then. Like certainly in your 20s, whatever – in your 30s, maybe you feel it a little bit, you know what I mean? But like in your 40s, all of a sudden it's like, oh, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. So are you talking about like eating unhealthy food or are you talking about drugs and alcohol or sort of everything? I mean, all of the you know, above. All encompassing. All, all the above. Yeah. All the above. Yeah. Like you were like, okay, I know this is bad for me. I shouldn't be eating high cholesterol foods or I shouldn't be drinking because the hangover is so much worse. But then you also hit an age where you're like, I made it this far. Things are kind of going all right. I know myself. I know my body. Like like when people start, you know, doing stand up comedy when when they're alcoholics or they're drinking. So they they're like, it worked for me so far. If I change that up, maybe my my magic sauce will go away. Yeah, yeah. The spirit of myself will die. I actually think that the the hangovers get worse when at least when you're in your forties is a bit of a myth. Now, I think that like if you're going out change my mind, please. All right, here we go, here we go. So if you're if you're, if you're going out in Toronto and like uh, you know, drinking white wine and eating mushrooms and stuff like that, then maybe So you have listened to this program, okay. So it's a Great little news. bit different it's a little bit different than having a couple of glasses of wine at night with your wife over a nice meal. I, I just feel like you get you you you're like at that point you're experienced and you're kinda like, you know, okay, like I, I know what this feels like now, so it's not gonna like totally throw me off but yeah like if you're, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. If you're out till four o'clock in the morning doing that then yes it's definitely going to feel worse when you're 40 whatever than if you're 25 yeah i i think that jason is jason pushes the limits i think but he also knows like toronto is the most drunk i've maybe ever seen him and i've known him for quite a long time and he has a great poker face so i like that i like that he's still pushing himself because he doesn't push himself in a lot of other areas of his life so it's nice to <laughs> yeah. see him kind of you know 
having a goal and reaching that goal. <laughs> it's nice. You know, it's nice to see. Uh, I I push myself in the in the realm of self mutilation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not great. Instead of bettering my career, friends, and family. Yes, I was in New Orleans recently and uh, was like on a Sunday just profoundly hungover, like existentially hungover, (laughs) Mm -hmm. walking around the streets of New Orleans with some friends trying to find a place to eat breakfast. And like, and they seemed to be fine. And it was like hot and humid. And that was the first time in a while where I was like, I'm going to die here on the street of on magazine. This is the end for me. Like you yeah, said, this is what, what were your, what were you sipping down there in Nolens? You, you know, the usual hurricanes, hand grenades, you name it. <laughs> yeah. All the big, were you, I don't, I don't think so. I feel like you were having a tasteful Negroni, weren't you? <laughs> I feel like that makes me sound like an asshole. If I'm like, yeah, no, I was drinking a tasteful Negroni, some old, <laughs> that kind of thing. Hey man, uh, this is this is a, a mixology positive podcast. As long yeah. as I just can't hear about, I just can't hear about martinis anymore. It's exhausting me. It's exhausting me. Martinis are hot these days, though. No, of course, and I understand the appeal of it's a it's a sexy drink. It's, That's it's, why Chris doesn't want to hear to hear about no, it. No, it's it's, ju- it's it's too hot. It's just like I think we talk about this a lot on the show, but it's like, and maybe you can relate. But the the what's popular now is people want to eat like hamburgers and french fries and have a martini and that's the only kind of restaurant that anybody wants to go to yeah which i i'm fine with it's just a strange it's a big shift from like tweezer food you know that wasn't that long ago to now people wanting the most well i think i think it's a it's a pendulum shift it's a reaction to all of that tweezer food and those fussy cocktails where like there's a 50 percent chance you're not going to like it Mm -hmm. and even when a burger is bad or um, you know a martini is is vodka and ice cubes you know it's like it's it's easy to fuck up a martini but it's also you know, easy to make something that is it's gonna work. tolerable. It's gonna work. And the same thing with French fries and burgers, yeah. you know? Yeah. We just don't try. Everyone fucks it up, so we have to make it easy for I them. I was at the Sunset Tower Grill a couple of times, like a couple of months ago, and they fucked up a martini, actually. Oh, really? Let's get into Shots it. Shots fired. This is Jason's favorite form of discussion. Public flogging of restaurants. Go on. <laughs> no, no, it was great. The, whole, the, rest of the, the rest of the meal and everything like that was great. The setting was great. Mm-hmm. But I was really surprised that like like it's hard to mess up a martini you know like, what was the issue what was the issue uh it was not cold enough first of all it was mm. like it was borderline room temperature vodka mm, that's i mean crazy. that was pretty much the the main my main complaint my chief complaint was that it was just sort of like warm yeah but you need it because you need that thing to be ice motherfucking cold oh yeah you need it to be ice cold mm-hmm. yeah. and you can have a easily ruin a martini by having a heavy vermouth hand and everyone has their own opinion on the perfect amount of vermouth so Room for error. Jason, how how do you feel about the martini though? So Chris, you you are you are anti martini right now. Well, I'm not. No, I'm not anti. I mean, I don't drink, so it's it's no skin off my back. But yeah. I just I just think it's like it's just really interesting to me because I think it also gets people fucked up. <laughs> so it's a little bit like no, it's a it's a perf- It's well, that is a big part of it. It's a per- I think number one, it's a yeah. reaction to fussy mixology cocktails with eleven ingredients and rosemary that you light on fire and ice cubes made out of fucking blah 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 bjork's piss i don't know what it is you have that and then you have a martini where it's so simple it's two things number one number two it gets you fucked up because it's pure alcohol and number three mm-hmm. it's the ultimate skinny girl there's nothing in it there's not mm-hmm. even it's not even a vodka soda it's just vodka 
Damn, that's a good point. I didn't think about that because wine, even the natural ones, all my boxes. can be caloric. We all know that. Full of sugar. Oh, I see. I, not even good sugar. <laughs> no, not the good sugar, sweetie. Now, I don't know. I'm not against, I'm not against it. I just think it's it's just a funny shift that that like I just wonder what's next. Do you have any predictions for the alcohol market? <laughs> you know, I learned about something and you know what, maybe maybe this is sort of a like a myopic view into it. But I recently learned about a, a shot that is very popular among uh, Gen Z. Okay. So it's called the green tea shot. So this was literally like this was just pitched to me as a story. Like we should do a story on the green tea shot, which is uh, I, I believe it's whiskey, peach schnapps, and sour mix. Oh, and, what the fuck? Right, exactly. <laughs> and it, and it, certain bars in New York, like the bartenders, the the people there will like mix up these shots in a batch form mm. for like like Thursday, Friday, Saturday night or whatever, because they know that like all the people under 25 are going to come in and just like order a shitload. Interesting. Of so I just Googled the, the, the green tea shot and all the like kind of mommy blogger recipe websites all have recipes for them. Food, love, and family, and the pickled plum—all these, all these. So it seems like it's a drink that maybe, ironically, it's ironically being well, sipped. well, maybe not ironically, but maybe just the diaspora of the South and the Midwest when everyone moves there, and they're like, "I want my green tea shot. I need my peach schnapps, Irish whiskey, and sour mix." Fuck. I don't me. even. I can't even really understand from those words what that would taste like. I have no base of reference for that no i have no idea either like it's it's just like it's yeah it's a- i, I want to know why it has to be irish whiskey right yeah well with any with any cocktail or shot like this that young people are gravitating towards usually the the reason is it doesn't taste like alcohol it just tastes like a sweet true, yummy true. starbucks peach yeah whatever drink yeah that's definitely true yeah i mean i what i i am interested in shots though in general like <laughs> okay let's go brother i, I feel like shots uh-huh. are having a moment on his lmfao shit for the same reason though you think maybe because i have that's that's a trend that i have not noticed you have not, um so no keep your eyes peeled to this because because it, it i did take multiple shots when i was in toronto but that um that, that's beside yeah. the point sorry go ahead uh no i i heard but you, you turned down more than you actually took though it sounded mm-hmm. like that's right you like that ratio uh so there are there are like fancy you know mixologist bartenders who are like mixing up bespoke shots that like that are i mean i don't even know what they are right but it's not just like straight up tequila or something like that right right that right trickles mm-hmm. down all the way to you know the green tea shot and so on so you Chris, you asked like, what is what is that next trend? I think that like you're gonna see that like shots, shots are the things that are like. I like I like this. I think it's it's something that everybody can relate to. I think like Jason said, it's a uh, it can be low calorie, you know, mm-hmm. pure pure. And I I don't I mean the tequila thing. Do you think that's waning? Guys, or is tequila still number one after the martini? I think tequila is mm-hmm. still number one. It's just too good. It's just too good. It's I a mean, stimulant, not a depressive. I've heard that's actually a lie. <laughs> okay. I think that's probably a lie. I yeah. think that's I think that's like that's like an ad agency reframing it the way that kale was made cool, Jason. Uh, it could be something that's substantiated by scientific information. You're you know? saying, oh, it's, you, not, it's not it's not just like Jason, an, uh, up to debate. Randy Gerber saying it on his Instagram story doesn't make it science. I just <laughs> I just you know it's, it's I don't know where you're getting your white your white papers from but this doesn't sound don't say white papers i'm saying this is information that i've heard for years way before 
before Randy Gerber came into my life and changed everything. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm sure. I just don't know. the. I, I just need to see. You want me to pull up the New England Journal of Medicine PDF document from 78? That's we'll make a t-shirt that, out of it. It'll be an NFT. That's what I would That's what I would like to see. But I do think that I, I think the shot comeback could be great. I didn't know Gen, I didn't know Gen Z was drinking that much, but I guess they are. I guess, yeah. Do you learn? Do you feel like you learn a lot from the young people at the office? Like, do you think they are you? Because I feel like I'm pretty tapped in, but then I can be around a person 15 years younger than me and genuinely learn something. Oh, 100%. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I mean, look, I don't want to keep going back to this like theme of being in your 40s or something like that, but I do think that uh, it's. Hey, dad's rule. Let's get into it. <laughs> super easy. It's super easy. I mean, I mean, God, especially like once you move to New Jersey or something like mm-hmm. that, it's super easy. Stick a fork in them. Right. So it's, it's like, but it's super easy to just like sort of kind of drift off and I don't know, like, listen to music from a certain period of time and and yeah. kind of get set in that when you say set in that you mean your ways <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you know. i think I, I think i read that like the the average american stops checking for new art and media around the age of 33 yeah i mean i could see that i my theory is that it's basically like it's frozen in whenever for a lot of people whenever you think like your you peaked was you know what i mean so it's like yeah yeah. If you peaked in high school, then then that's going to be when you're going to like you know the, the music you're listening to most of the time. That's why I still listen to Operation Ivy every day. I think that there's, I think I have a two peak theory though. I think I experienced a peak, and I could experience another one. I'm not going to limit myself to one peak. Yeah, what does it mean if you haven't peaked yet? Mm, well, that's probably why you're, you know, such a talented DJ because you're constantly exploring new music. That's why. That's why it seems that my hair is almost growing back more. I yes. want to talk about your hair too, because in the intro, I was talking about how you have such a beautiful head of hair, and I, you know, Jason does as well. Is there anything? What what products are you? Chris putting in Chris that? was mentioning wanting to give it a tug, not in necessarily a sexual way, <laughs> just, but more just, in a gotcha moment yeah, style yeah, reveal just more to kind of see what that feels like. It's been a while for me. It's kind of. T- crunchy today actually i gotta say because you are putting you're using a pomade is that what are we doing i am using a pomade so i was kind of what i wanted to go for today uh had a couple of meetings before this was like like kind of an updated 80s yuppie look you know like i Mm -hmm. might be Mm -hmm. going to like odeon for lunch and doing some like cocaine or something like that Mm -hmm. like in the back Mm -hmm. like that's the kind of look i was going for i hope i pulled it off Mm -hmm. yeah i think you're pulling it off i mean from what i can see yeah you've got a lunch at texarkana (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean i think that the yeah the managing that hair though it seems like they could be i mean i'm i'm sure there's a full range of products that, that have to go into this not really it's just pomade and i gotta so i i have uh so uh shout out to simone who's my guy down in the west village who cuts my hair um, oh this guy's getting a 200 dollars haircut jason that's the that's what the trick oh, is no dude it's not a 200 dollars haircut it's like a 65 dollars haircut 65 is not that's competitive pricing yeah that's not bad yeah uh simone simone is a real live italian he's from rome uh i have i have told him that like if you ever move back to rome i I would just have to like i'm gonna follow you sometimes i joke he's my best friend because like i like i see him so consistently and uh we've been going you know i've been going to him for like seven or eight years simone would take a bullet for you clearly uh my michael it's <laughs> you're like uh, well he's, he's yeah. simone simone will not take a bullet for michael no, let's okay. simone taking him, yeah you you take one in the in the leg lower leg for him probably lower leg definitely lower leg i don't want to hit any main artery no arterial damage is guaranteed yeah. don't worry <laughs> arterial damage you mentioned earlier a couple references to this podcast does that mean that you have listened to this podcast before uh i am a fan of this podcast i listen to this podcast oh yeah oh baby that's good because chris exclusively makes this show
show for different editor-in-chiefs around the world, so I'm glad that you have wandered into our little holding cell. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, look, what can I say? I have a type, you know what I mean? Sorry, Jason. <laughs> Sorry, we all know your type too, bro. They just, they they work. Chris, what is my type? What is my type? I don't, I don't want to get into that. We've gotten Didn't into that enough. Didn't think so. Didn't think so. I discovered it through uh, some of the press that you guys were getting. Oh, like, you know? thank God that shit works. You know what yeah. I mean? Oh, that shit works, man. Yeah. Well, uh, after Esquire turned us down so many times, we had to go hit the times, you know? <laughs> I get it. I get it. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a cover thing. You know what I mean? I, I yeah, can't. I can't. That's good. I mean, press works for the for those for the for the years that matter. Pre- the press really does work. A lot of our our most rich and famous and powerful listeners found out about it that way. It did it really? Did you did you guys notice a change? Like when the Times yeah. did that story, was it you like- don't notice a change, but you you eventually notice a change, like a word of mouth situation. We like- don't want to use the word vibe shift, but yeah, it's <laughs> a, a different echelon of listener kind of gets unlocked because there's still so many people who just like. I read the I read the Times, you know, it's just what I do and if I see about it. Yeah. It's what is your podcast intake? Do you listen to a lot of shows or do you or eh, let's talk about our show a little <laughs> bit more, Chris? <laughs> I exclusively, I exclusively listen to How Long Gone. When you listen to How Long Gone, how often are you like Oh, I wish I was in the, I, I wish I was on the mic with these fellas right now because I have a great fun joke to interject or a little anecdote or a tag. I would say almost never. Okay. <laughs> You just like to watch? I just like to watch. I'm a, I'm a <laughs> all right, player all right. when it comes to uh, listening to you guys. Yeah, exactly. I'll let you watch. So you're not a big podcast guy in general? Uh, no, I, I mean, of course I like I like, I like listen to podcasts. Um, don't say the daily. Don't say I the don't, daily. Actually, I'm not a huge daily fan. That's no, right. I, you, don't want, you don't want to start your day with depression. That's smart. Yeah, the whole thing just sort of bugs me. <laughs> I mean, I, sure, I listened to the daily like, you know, when it first started, but yeah. I'm, I... I mean, it's a compelling, it's a compelling idea, but honestly, when the news is bad, I, I need to take it when I want it. I can't take it. I can't take it, you know, every morning in the ears. Chris gets upset when the news is bad. Yeah. And that's why we started this podcast. I wonder, though, with, with what you do, is do, do you think that this is like a viable, do you think this really is the new frontier, or do you think we're barking up the wrong tree? Can editors make as much money as podcasters, is what Chris is asking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> some of the podcasters are making hundreds of millions of dollars every year. Well, there's like three of them, right? It's like, like <laughs> Joe Rogan. No, there's, there's more than three that probably make, a, uh, maybe not, you're right, you're right. But there's there's many awful human beings who make five hundred thousand dollars a month from podcasts like like who jason i'm not gonna say names <laughs> but so many of them i i was asking i wanted to say that yeah i mean there is a weird world of people making a lot of money doing this and i think they have to pander a bit you know what i mean and do things a little differently than we would want to let's say what does that mean? what does that mean that means that i think they discover that if they cross the line in the right way, they appeal or the left way or the left way. They, you just have to basically politicize yourself and go that route. And then people get dedicated to you because they think you're saying something that others aren't as a centrist or a, a, a non-participant in the conversation. You can only get so far versus somebody mm-hmm. who takes a hardline stance on something. Um, yeah. you know, you're gonna, you're gonna lose fans while, while gaining new fans. So I agree with that but my question would be how is that any different from the radio that has existed for the only difference is radio people don't make five hundred thousand dollars a month unless you're howard stern and you can be an, a, an unknown person who started a thing in your in your basement during covid i think you're also rewarded i think you're rewarded more uh quickly like i think it's like you instantly 
you're you're empowered to continue down the path because you look at your Patreon, you're like, holy shit, this thing's up fifty thousand dollars. Like, if I talk about the Ukraine more, maybe I'll get another fifty thousand dollars. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like <laughs> it's literally like that though. It's like those the sh- if you look at the charts, it's like <laughs> right. the bigger stuff. I mean, Rogan's the best example. It's polarizing. You know what I mean? People hate it and people love it, and the people that love it are happy to spend money on it. You know what I mean? And like that's the that's the thing. That's the difference. You know. Um, but yeah, I, I don't, I mean, that's, but that's the world we live in, right? I mean, I think some people listen to this show because like, we'll say something negative or positive about something they're thinking. It's just not, it's not general enough to make the kind of dent that some of this other stuff is. Yeah. And instead of like Ukrainians are all Nazis, we're saying like, yeah, this smoothie is better because <laughs> of the almond milk. And yeah. I like yeah. this. Yeah. It's a low stakes game we're playing, but it is, it is a, funny- we don't have a lot of unpopular opinions. What I will say, though, is that you guys bring a level of intensity to those kind of Mm. quotidian everyday things Mm -hmm. that I think is very appealing to people. Right. So like the same intensity that Joe Rogan is bringing to like vaccines or something like that, you are bringing almond milk, which I think is refreshing. Right. Yeah. No, I I think I I, I like to think great word choice there as well. Yeah, I'd like to think so, too. And check out Khalifa almond milk. It's very refreshing. Mm. I I think (laughs) I love a frosty glass of that right about now. I think you're probably right. But it's just interesting because i don't know if i want to listen to i don't know i don't listen to a lot of podcasts anymore jason does and jason does a really good job of keeping up with what's going on but i I think that like those shows also i think get you locked in to like i'm part of this thing and i understand the language which is something that Mm -hmm. i think any good any good show does you know what i mean it's it's like writing though it's like if i like your voice i'm gonna read your stuff even if it's about something i don't want to see but also uh, you know kind of like how you're talking about having these you know spirited or almost yelling matches about something as as trivial as almond milk or something that reminds me of very like Seinfeldian Larry David things where uh, the, the reason why I like gravitating toward that stuff is because it becomes absolutely ever evergreen um, and it will stand the test of time. You know, if you're if you're arguing about what Fauci did this one time or whatever, you know, it's like you, you can't go back and listen to it a year later or even a month later because yeah. the, the news cycle has has engulfed you so much yeah i mean i guess and uh, i don't know like correct me here if you think that i'm wrong and i'm and i feel like maybe i'm getting into too into the weeds with media in saying this this is where media goes to weed (laughs) (laughs) publishers i feel like a a lot of publishers right they they're sort of a, a tail wagging the dog sort of thing right they are chasing stories that they know are ranking on Google or trending on social media or something like that. So they're sort of like going to where they know people are and podcasters on the other hand, and this is where I would say, correct me here are kind of, you guys are just like talking about what interests you, what interests your guests, what's on your mind and so on. And like, maybe that doesn't unlock a huge audience. It's still, appeals to a, a very loyal audience that that wants yeah. to take on yeah yeah you also start to learn and this is i mean this goes back to writing again it's like we jason and i will do things we maybe maybe wouldn't normally do because we get to talk about it like not not in a way that we're like just like oh we should go to that because it'll be fun to talk about it like how a, a writer that doesn't do anything has nothing to write about exactly you have to yeah have to live life yeah. and have experiences to create exactly yeah. so it's like you know if, if it's it, like the coachella thing is like yeah this is going to be a pain in my ass but it's going to be great like it's going to be great for us to talk about it'll be great for us when we get there and you do that stuff that i wouldn't have done 
three years ago with no 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 reason i wouldn't have done that getting paid to talk has made us come out of our shell (laughs) yeah exactly The, the comparison to writers is interesting and i hadn't really thought about that which is that you know for a long time newspapers magazines you name it had had columnists and, and, and many of them still do Esquire still does have columnists on staff that just cultivate an audience and they can just write anything and you just want yeah. to kind of, you, you want to read what they have to write. And that's kind of what podcast, the best podcasting is, right? No, mm-hmm. I would agree with you. I mean, that's, I think about, yeah, I mean, I love George Plimpton, for example, I have no interest in sports. You know what I mean? That's like not for me. Mm. I have a George Plimpton book right here uh, at, next to me that uh, that I'm reading. So yes, I agree. With but you. that that whole thing, like reading about fireworks or reading about playing football or like the way he did it, I was like, damn, this is fucking. I'll, I would r- listen to this guy talk about anything. You're, are you Plim? You're Plim Nation, Chris. I'm Plim Nation. I mean, I just <laughs> think that I think that that whole thing about and just the way I would, I just personally would love to do that. Like I would love to play you know professional tennis for for one you know half a set because i think that it's it's just like back then especially the that stuff was even more difficult to do now i think that kind of thing happens a little more often but I, my point is that the participatory thing and what he did always struck me as like mm. oh i would read this guy talk about anything he's doing because he makes it interesting and i do think that now it's like we got to talk about you know a tiktok trend or like why harry styles is wearing a onesie you know what I mean? Because that gets clicks, and I get that. I, I think, that, but I think there's room for all of it. But I do think giving space for like a columnist, like you're saying, just to kind of hey, do your thing. Like our friend Raven Smith does that for Vogue, um, and it's it's good. It's like it's current. It's current enough, but it has enough of him injected in it, and it stays interesting for that reason. So I'm curious. Besides Raven Smith, are there other writers that you're I like? Lo- I just I, Dean Kissick was on the show. I love Dean. Um, I think he's really good, and he writes about about art mostly, which is like sometimes over my head. But I think he has a fun way of making it interesting, but not in the way. Yeah. I mean, I think that like in the way we're talking about, where it's like super current. Mm-hmm. You're right. It's it's not it's not few and far between, but it's like I want to read Rachel Tashton talk about fashion because she's fucking really great at it. Like I really want to read her talk about it, but like. The Raven example I use because it's it's a little bit general. It's a little bit like this is what happened to me this week. Um, yeah, and I do think that is very different than like an op-ed column that's like charged. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, it's it yeah. really is like one person's kind of view. And it, and like you said, if you respect that and relate to it, or you just find it interesting, then you follow it. And that's like how you get people to subscribe to shit. You know what I mean? That oh, kind yeah. of, you know? Yeah. I mean, we have, we have a politics writer named uh, Charles P Pierce and he's been, he's been a, there forever, right? Like, forever. yeah, he's been, he's been there forever. And we now have a subscription like product ar- around him that is very successful. And his stuff is like, he's got characters, you know what I mean? Like basically in his writing, like he refers to like certain people in politics, like, uh, like uh, what, what's my favorite? Like bobbleheaded slapdick is his name for some like Republican congressman or something. Like that. And, <laughs> and you and if once you get into it, you know who that is, and yes. he like yeah, it's a hook. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah, you and know? it's interesting because like often he'll write these stories that like to the to the person who's just joining the the conversation, they'll be like, what what is he talking about? But like once you kind of get into it, you feel like you're part of this community and and like and you get it, and it's like you know it's it's it. I mean, it's kind of ideal for for media right now, right? Totally. Is is that idea of like creating that community? Do, have you have you built a Discord around this this man's uh, correspondent writing? Because <laughs> if you really want to build a community, you know. <laughs> How's the Slack channel going for him? 
Uh, because the like-minded fans of his writing have to congregate. What we do, what we've actually done, which is like super lo-fi, is we'll do conference calls with him. Oh, I like, I like this. I like this a yeah, lot. Yeah. So, like, what we'll do is we'll send out like a marketing email to his subscribers and to people who like, I don't know, are on some list or something like that, and we'll say that Charlie and his editor are going to talk about the Supreme Court or something like that for an hour, mm-hmm. and we will get th- thousands of people. We'll just dial this number and like literally listen to him and, and basically like a speaker phone. Wow. So instead of doing like a clubhouse or a Twitter spaces, you're like, that's a little uh, lame and dumb. Let's just do an old fashioned conference call. Yeah. I mean, part, part of it is that Charlie's like 68 years old. Yeah. I was about to say, I was about to say, I feel like, like he's like, I know how to use the phone. So we're going to do it on the Charlie phone. Charlie thinks that Zoom is for communists. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's like, I don't use. That's actually. That's very cool. Like I, I actually I really like that and I think that that feels I mean, it's the same thing. I think we do this a little bit. There's people in our lives that have become characters on the show. Like you know our friends by name. You know what I mean? Yeah, because we talk show, right? because we talk about them and like you know, some are, are are more well known than others, but I think that, Glendale like, plays itself. <laughs> Glendale does Glendale does play itself, but I think that like for what you guys are doing like Fight identifying this guy like okay this charles is a very popular political writer he's created this own planet what can we do to to make this bigger because it's working yeah versus versus like Jay, like forcing him to do a discord it's like that doesn't feel natural to this 68 year old politics writer a conference call feels natural yeah. and like you know people want that for him they don't want him they probably don't want him to try to adapt that's not what they're looking for yeah no 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 i mean we had talked about like should we like do road shows with him kind of like what you guys do you know what i mean and yeah, yeah, it yeah. felt like it didn't feel like it was worth the squeeze you know what i mean and like yeah 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 so why why conference call and not podcast or is there a podcast version of it as well that i don't know about there's not a podcast version of it we've certainly talked about that before um i think it's you know jason it's just like the reason we don't record our shows it's because it's like if you're on yeah, it yeah but on we it, and that's how much the, money do you charge to listen to the conference call uh you have to, if you're a subscriber it's free so like what it really okay. is is it's meant to like get get more subscribers to yeah to Esquire and to give value yeah. to the people yeah. who have subscribed subscribe sure, sure 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 no i mean I'd, okay. I'd, I'd i mean i think that's you know i would rather have that than a tote bag you know what i'm saying like, like as far as oh, benefits, I'd like both if there's an option. Yeah, for as far as benefits for a subscriber goes, it's like that to me ingratiates the the magazine and the personalities more into my life in a way that's like usable. And it seems like a lot of like I know um, Nomi Fry was doing things like that, like town hall talks with the New Yorker. It's just you know you have to do new ways to add you know do new things to add value to your. You know, your weird little business that you're running that is always changing. Well, Jason, the good news is we do have uh, tote bags. So that has uh, <laughs> an illustration of Charlie's face on them. So, Oh, uh, I like this. I like this. I lo- so, I, th- this guy's like, you guys drew me? Okay. All right. Well, what are the, <laughs> where are the royalties on this? <laughs> I need to start being interested in politics. Maybe I'll, I'll, maybe I'll check Charlie out. It does. Yeah. I mean, that, that's the thing. Charlie sounds like he approaches it in a pretty fun way, I have to say. It, it kind of feels like a, like a left sets kind of vibe mm-hmm. where like he's going to talk about one, you know, music or he's going to talk about politics, but then he'll weave everything else into, you know, his normal everyday complaints, hopefully. Yeah, you should check it out. I mean, he I think I think you would find his version of politics very palpable. Are you fami- are you familiar with Bob Leftsets? Yeah, of course. The Leftsets letter? Yeah. I you know, it it's something that I have subscribed to cuz I used to be in the music business. I've subscribed to it since the the early aughts, basically. He's been doing it the same way, and I kind of appreciate I mean, he's absolutely insane, but I kind of appreciate 
that it's stayed in email, basically. Like, you can go to the website and it gets updated like once a week where you can see them. And he does like a serious XM show, which is like the most boomer shit of all time. <laughs> but, but like, it's, it's like the fact that it's literally a newsletter that comes to you that's fucking typed out and there's no graphics, there's nothing cool about it. It's like, you get the feeling that he typed it all with one finger. Yeah, exactly. But that's what it, that's who he is. That's why it feels good. You know, that's like, if it became some slick thing, you'd be a little bit like, oh, I'm good. I don't, I don't know if I like this. I don't, you don't want the VR version of, of his <laughs> yeah, newsletter yeah. where he t- yeah. <laughs> talks I don't about want- what Bill Maher said last weekend. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of people out there who kind of are in this media world, but in the internet kind of Twitter space, you know, like Chris, for example, he might be thinking more in tweets. You know what I mean? Like you've heard that phrase before. Yeah. Do you think, you know, as an editor in chief of a legacy magazine for it's almost 100 years now? Do you think in magazine the same way that, you know, mm. Taylor Lorenz and everyone is, is thinking in tweets now? And do you think that is making your brain better or worse? Thinking in magazine compared to thinking in tweets. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> uh, Just it, it, maybe maybe you're not thinking in 140 character zingers or quips, but you're thinking in, you know, log lines and and. And taglines yeah, yeah, and yeah. subheaders and things. Um, I I will say, and I feel like sometimes this, uh, uh, like it, it might annoy my wife if I like say something like this, and you can probably see why in a second. But like, I don't like it when people bury the lead when we're talking. You know what I mean? Where it's like, yeah, if somebody will go on for five minutes, and then all of a sudden they'll get to the point of it. Mm-hmm. I think that that's the one thing, and maybe that just comes from like a newsy background. It's like, can can we get can we get to the lead first? What's the gut? Then- what's the guts of the story? Yeah, bury the lead might be one of the most like media specific phrases that has crossed over into the mainstream like i think there's a lot of people that you know if you type tk in an email people don't know what the fuck that means you know what i mean but if you say bury the lead or or you spell graph you know graph wrong like i think bury the lead is the most popular crossover from the vernacular do you chris do you think that burying the lead is just edging for stories (sighs) wow (laughs) damn bro yes it is i mean yeah there's no so when when that lead finally hits oh it's so good it's so good uh chris how are you doing with your i know you you recently maybe even as recently as this week talked about getting off twitter how are you doing with that oh i'll never I, i will never i will never do that it's my only true love it's the only thing that that i keep returning to for the the pure he's a lifer joy as well as the deep deep-rooted abuse you know you got that one uncle where if he stops doing meth he'll die it's that's like me twitter for chris that's me i don't <laughs> it's, think it's the only thing keeping him alive now i just don't think to me when all the musk stuff was happening i was like this is like when people said they were going to move to canada if trump's elected like nobody's doing this shit you guys are all full of shit we're all addicted to this and we had we had uh joe mandy on the podcast this week who's a comedian who famously was huge on twitter and trolled people only and bought a bunch of followers and then just cold turkey quit. Yeah. And that's why I was like, damn, that's fucking crazy. But I um I have no interest in getting off. I don't have like I think social media is has its pitfalls and its dangers, you know what I mean? But I also think that like this is the world we live in. This is like how we make money. I can't I I can't I, I can't turn my phone off for a week and just like decompress like that's not an option do you think that if you left twitter it would have a material effect on this podcast or on your own yes 
You do. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. Jason, what do you think? Yeah, I think I, I I agree. It would. It would. I mean, in terms of just you know base level marketing the show alone, like we use social media to market our podcast, and that's pretty much it. So that that would affect it greatly, but. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's also because we're so resistant to building a, you know, web three community by having a Slack channel or a discord, or we're going to do an AMA on Reddit, any of that stuff. Like we're so resistant to that, that Twitter and Instagram is kind of the only place where we do, you know, have an active conversation with our, our audience. I also think that's where our audience is, to be honest. Like, I think they're on discord. I think they're on Slack, but I think, uh, I think that we a hundred percent know they are on Twitter and Instagram. You know what I mean? There's no education element. There's no luring them to a new platform. Like that's where everybody is. So I would definitely have assumed that Instagram is the place for them. It's it's honestly, it surprises me a little bit that, that you think a lot of your audience is on Twitter, but maybe it should. I don't know. I think it's because I'm active and like, that's my preferred plot. Like I feel the most comfortable there and I fucking let it spray. You know, I think that's yeah. really what it is. Yeah. I think it's like, it's, it's 50, 50 people know that Chris is, so locked into Twitter and everyone else who's also locked into it are going to be like, I know Chris saw this and he's going to have a take on this and I want to hear what it is. And then the other half of the coin is I don't have Twitter. I don't get it. It's fucking weird. So I listen to these two fucking guys. So I don't have to go on Twitter. They <laughs> yeah, tell me yeah, what they, yeah. they just read Twitter to me. So it's yeah. all sorted. Free podcast. guys. There's a, yeah, there's a part of that for sure. There's a part of that for sure. And Chris, did, did I hear hear or read or see something that you did you drop out of high school yeah 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 yeah. and that that's amazing to me so and and can you give me the like cliff's notes on on how you got to where you are (laughs) yeah i i just kind of figured it out there was no real i mean i i just that was too cliffy chris no yeah yeah yeah, (laughs) i'm sorry that's that's uh no i mean i i basically (laughs) managed a band and and we were successful and i got lucky i i just was in the right place at the right time and then it went from there it really like I basically went from like working retail for a couple of years to like all of a sudden like I'm in somewhat of the big leagues yeah. uh, and was able to somehow through he's at the billboard awards. I was at the, I was at the VMAs, you know what I'm saying? But I was, it was a, somehow I was able to manage th- this thing an, for long enough to where it was like legitimate after a couple of years. And then I kind of, you know, you just kind of like, oh, this is how people make money. Like you just yeah. bullshit the whole thing, you know. Yeah. Um, and that, I mean, <laughs> but honestly, like those, a lot of these jobs are just bullshit. You know what I mean? It's like if, like, managing bands is a, re- a strictly relationship business, which is sim- not similar to what we're doing now. Yeah, you know, it's like mm-hmm. Jason has a lot of relationships from his career. I have a lot of relationships from my career, and that all levels up to the show. It's the same shit that you're doing. Like you, you have people that you want to work with, that you've known for a long time. You plug them in. And then you just keep, it keeps growing from there. That's all it is. You know? As long as you work at a magazine or a DJ, we're gonna get you. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, as long as, if you can play a guitar and you're signed to one of the five independent record labels that I respect, you're coming on this fucking podcast. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's the bottom line. We got a lot of slots to fill. You know, that's the bottom line. Uh, yeah, but Michael, we really appreciate you joining us today on How Long Gone. We only scratched the surface, Michael. We'll have you back on to chat some more. We'll have you back on to chat some more. We would love to hang in New York. I feel like you and you and Jason could really kind of you know i'd take you guys to sephora yeah and we kind of do like an instagram live of hair product i think that would be a fun 
kind of breakdown. Show me your New York, Michael. Exactly, yeah. Jason, I feel like you. what you and I have to do is hang in New Jersey. I think that's more. Oh, there we go. he's offering. He wants He wants Jason to play with the kids. Yeah, Jason, man, come on out. We'll play. We'll hang out in the backyard. We'll grill, you know. He's going to make Jason work. I was about to say, he's putting Jason to work. He's like, go ahead and throw those on the grill. You can watch that, right? You got the burger thing. You can handle this, hey, right? Hey, man, as long as the cornhole is flowing. Just <laughs> cornhole is there, flowing. Brother. The grill's going. Yeah, come on. It's a, it's a, it's a good life out there don't worry we'll take the uber black to new york uh to new jersey michael thank you for joining us um esquire obviously comes out uh monthly and it's available on newsstands check out esquire but also go to esquire.com read us every day that's right read us every day that's <laughs> right how long gone listen us three times a week esquire read us every fucking day yeah that's the that's the takeaway here uh all right michael we'll see you soon bro thank you all right thanks guys all right later bro